0: This is House Hacks for Flipping Stacks, show number three. You're listening to the House Hacks for Flipping Stacks podcast, where we dig into the dirt and details of real estate and business without any upsells or sales pitches, delivering skill-based insights to help you reach the next level. All right, all right, welcome back. This is the House Hacks for Flipping Stacks podcast. Now we are going to be diving into the different types of capital for this show. So before on show number two, we went over a bunch of terminology and the language of real estate finance, right? And that is essentially just so that you guys can understand the topics much better and the terminology and and how to communicate all that stuff. So now we're actually going to get to separating the buckets of money, which is a very important part of understanding of, you know, lining up the financing for your deals and how, how it will actually uh, play into, into you closing on, on, on a property. It's extremely important to learn how to separate these buckets because each bucket has a purpose. And that's really what I want to convey uh, for this specific show. And I'm still going solo couple episodes left, but We are going to be bringing on some guests uh, in the next couple episodes, but we got to get through this stuff first. Need to make sure everyone is on the same page because it is just so important and critical to your success as an investor to really understand these core topics and just getting, I mean, it's the dirt, right? Again, that's what the show is about. It's you got to get through this stuff. If you want to get to, where you want to go, you know, and, and get to, you know, the quote unquote fun stuff. And trust me, there's going to be a ton of that, but we got to really dive into this stuff, make sure we, we grasp it and take hold of it. So coming up is three different, or sorry, rather is just the different types of capital. And we're going to separate it into a couple different categories, not necessarily three, but mostly into residential and commercial. And that's where we're going to start this discussion so the residential bucket right and the commercial bucket these are the two really main groups of of capital that you need to determine how when where your deal fits so under the residential side we have conventional agency we have non qm or non qualified mortgage and portfolio we also have fha and va and these loans are and again it's not an exhaustive list you know for conventional you have different subsections right like you have fannie mae um and and freddie mac uh home possible home ready and then you know you have some different programs within but and then for like for FHA, you have like 203K, you have 203K Streamline and, and stuff like that. And for VA, you have VA Earl, which is interest rate reduction loan. And then you also have VA cash out and stuff like that. So it's not an exhaustive list, but this is going to give you a really good idea as an investor what to target. So residential is really it, it falls under Dodd Frank, which is the uh, essentially the the uh real estate reform act um that was implemented after the whole 2008 debacle, and it pretty much just gave really clear guidelines to how uh, and how how capital providers, how lenders interact with the the consumer and 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 the public uh, in regards to financing mortgages. So conventional loans you know, on the residential side. Um, or resi, as I like to call it, uh, is geared towards owner-occupants, people who want to buy a, a home for their their family, and uh, investors who are trying to take advantage of maybe lower down payment uh, programs. For example, FHA will. Finance ninety six and a half percent of of your property, and you're coming in with three and a half percent VA. Sometimes one hundred percent, one hundred and two percent. So it it just it just depends, right? And again, just knowing that terminology from the previous episode, it's going to help you here as well. So c- conventional is in in conventional loans are essentially right. You're using your personal income to qualify that. That's the bottom line here for, for like all of these products, right? Whether you go to a big bank, um, you go to a, a, a smaller local bank, a credit union, whatever it is you're going to be using, you know, the banks are going to say, where's your pay stubs? Where's your tax returns? Um, and how do you make money? You know, that it's, it's all about the personal income. And that is, that is really the, the defining factor here. Um, a lot of investors who they, they can buy, you know, through conventional financing methods, because they maybe they are a an attorney or you know a software you know engineer or something like that, and they make a healthy w two income, then this could be a perfectly viable route, which is exactly why I'm covering it um conventional is is a very good opportunity to take advantage of thirty uh, year fixed loans, which a vast vast majority of them are and potentially lower interest rates and lower fees. And this is exactly the mindset that you should have as an investor when you're thinking about, you know, which which route you should go. You need to play to your strengths and, you know, have that have that self-awareness to where you know you have that look ahead to to where you want to go, right? So, conventional agency, uh non QM And portfolio, so that's uh, non-QM. For those who don't know, are essentially loans that don't fit into the agency guidelines, and the agencies are Fannie and Freddie, which are which purchase the majority of all loans as uh, as the the main investor, and non-QM are essentially different. Loan products that go outside of agency guidelines and are sold directly to other investors on on the secondary market, and portfolio is is really just banks who have their own money and they have they make their own guidelines and then they service their loans um, in in house and they uh, they don't have to adhere specifically to Fannie and Freddie, but Fannie and Freddie have some pretty good guidelines, so they might borrow. You, you you might see similarities. You know, it's it it won't be wildly different, but it it'll just be uh, just some different overlays and and some different um, criteria, and that's really all. You know, and, and FHA really really is so useful for for investors because of the the low down payment. So if you are starting, this is a great point for you to start at is FHA. If you have the personal income and you are okay with buying a two, three unit, four unit building, then you can move in and take advantage of the three and a half percent down as long as you live in one of the units, right? And that's the downside is that you need to qualify using your personal income and you need to live in one of the units because these are for primary occupants only or for owner occupants only, right? So meaning you can't just own it and then not live there and rent out all all the units, right? At FHA, you have to live there for a year, but then you can move out. So that's why it's extremely popular uh, as a, you know, quote unquote house hack, I guess is is what um, a lot of people like to refer to it as. But really you're just buying like a two or three or four unit building and moving in it for a year and then either moving out or just keeping it. Um, and using FHA 203K, which is a division or which is a, a sub program of of FHA, um, which is essentially a rehab loan, right? So they'll give you ninety six and a half percent of the purchase price, and they will also finance the rehab costs. And this is a huge win for investors who want to do value add and get some again forced appreciation on uh, on on you know their first or second deal. And uh, lastly, we have VA, which can be extremely useful for veterans who. Want to acquire a property or want to acquire a rental property for pretty much no no money in the deal? So that can also really just kind of push you and and give you a nice boost uh, to 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 get to where you want to go. So again, just recapping: if you want to acquire, you know, using residential conventional financing, it's it can be a great option, but you need to make sure that your personal income and and is, is in check and, and is, is documentable. Right. And there's uh you know, IE there's, there's a paper trail. Um, and you know, if you're a business owner or a, you know, a full-time house flipper or, or or, no matter how you make your money, if, if it's a bit messy, right, it's going to be difficult to jump through those hoops. Um, again, this is great for people who are, you know, lawyers, doctors, software engineers, and have great W two income, and you can really catapult and and get a jump start on you know maybe people who are self employed, um, et cetera, because W two income you can pretty much use immediately, right? So that is that that's a huge bonus. If you can show that, then you can get started pretty much right away, you know, without having to do any any other peripheral uh, activities. You're just relying on yourself. So that's a a great way to start, and. Just pivoting into the next capital bucket, which is commercial, um, and these are business purpose loans, and it falls outside of Dodd Frank. So, this is financing and and uh, financial products for uh, essentially business only, and this falls outside of Dodd Frank. And because there's there's no real um, consumer interaction, right? It's all private. private negotiation and, and, uh, you know, deal making essentially, but you have a lot of categories in this section in commercial financing, right? So this is where your bridge financing is, you know, that could be soft or hard money. This is where your conventional commercial financing is. So these can be multifamily loans on five plus unit buildings, mixed use buildings, office buildings, whatever from, uh, uh local banks or you know regional banks credit unions etc um this can be multifamily agency funding so fannie and freddie who uh also provide loans to multifamily buildings not to commercial assets so you can't have like retail office but straight multifamily they do and they have great terms commercial direct investor is is what i i, I like to call it i guess um because you're going to a direct capital provider who, you know, sells the note to, to a direct investor. So these could be like small balance, commercial lenders, um, you know, just really any commercial direct shop that that's not a, a bank or, or a credit union, right. It's not really conventional. It's going to be more based on operating statements. Um, and it, it, you know, maybe less red tape, less guidelines, maybe some, some higher leverage, uh, just easier to to cross the finish line. Um, then you also have commercial loans for one to four unit rental properties. So this is important because this is the DCR or debt coverage ratio, right? Um, this is that product where the financing is based on the asset itself rather than, than any personal income from the borrower. And these are commercial loans because they cannot be owner occupied. And that's an important detail, right? Because as soon as it's owner occupied, we're getting into it potentially being like a home for like your family and stuff like that, which would then kind of shift the, the, the scope, um, to, to residential, which is, uh, which is prohibited for, for using the, you know, using the, the loan products like in that capacity, um, So there are commercial loans for one to four unit rental properties and for foreign nationals uh, would fall under this bucket as well. So if you're from another country and you're listening to this, that would be uh, essentially a commercial loan, right? Is made to a foreign investor for the purpose of purchasing investment property, you know, in the US. And we also have CMBS, uh, commercial CMBS, which is stands for commercial mortgage backed securities. This is a loan product. the another name for it is conduit loans. Um, and if you're familiar with mortgage backed securities, it's simply a pool of loans separated by uh, essentially credit bracket, right. Uh, or credit tier, and it's sold to investors on, on the secondary market. So this is the same concept, but with commercial loans. So this could be a bucket of multifamily loans, uh, of, of, a, a grade, you know, a grade, a credit rating, um, and sold to the appropriate investor who invests in those type of things um, and so it's really just many many loans um you know pooled together um, and sold and then you also have life insurance companies um they they do commercial loans uh, as well they are a little more risk averse so you're going to be lower LTV probably like 60 65 percent maximum um, but their terms and and deal structures and stuff are very favorable so as you can tell there's a lot that goes into this and again this isn't by no means a totally exhaustive list because also HUD has multifamily loans and construction loans for like developers and so but it's just all very detailed and just multi just the just Fannie and Freddie loans uh, alone they have uh subdivisions of multifamily loan programs they have stuff for um for green energy uh for example just just very like niche stuff so it's it's Again, it's for really you know sophisticated investors you know looking to do uh, these these types of deals and and needing an exact structure that that works. So in this regards, these are the capital buckets, right? And I want to go back to bridge financing because I kind of just glossed over that. Bridge financing is also where your fix and flip stuff would go. So those of you who are listening and you're you know thinking about rehabbing or you already have a flipping business. This is the bucket of money that 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 real estate niche goes in. And soft money, you're kind of like, well, what's soft money? Never never really heard of that. Well essentially soft money is bridge financing that has institution institutional backed, um, uh, investment or, or funds, right? So you see a lot of these private debt funds or direct, you know, they brand themselves as direct lenders. I mean, they're private debt funds backed by institutional, um, or institutional capacity investors. And this means that you can get, you know, a 12 month bridge loan on an apartment building, um, you know, with an 8% interest in, you know, maybe two or three points instead of true hard money, which would probably be, you know, 10% plus, you know, three, four points, five points, Um, and, and, and it just, the, the influx of, of capital on the bridge financing side, um, just makes it, that's what makes it soft money, right? Because it's just brought the pricing and, and access to capital, I guess, just much easier, right? So really the, the, the separation there is where that, where the capital provider is or where that direct lender is getting their funds from, um, and that is just something that is a good a good uh differentiator or or some good insight to know um because y- true hard money definitely still exists and it's still extremely popular because it's still very fast it's usually you know people who are lending their own funds or it's a direct lender who it has that money, you know, just sitting, you know, in their bank account and, you know, they keep all their loans in house. Um, that would be like true, true, true hard money. Um, most of it is soft money. Here at Shoreside, we are actually, uh, would be considered soft because we we do have um, secondary investors and it, it, it wouldn't be considered a, a true hard money deal, but um, there are pros and cons to both, but you as an investor just need to be self-aware as to what works best for your deal and, and also just who you have a relationship with. And that is, that's something that's, that's really important to consider. So that about wraps it up for the different types of capital. Um, there is a a whole lot more to unpack and I'm sure that we'll get to it in some episodes and some shows down the line. Um, but that gives you a really good idea of how, or or I guess just the, the general scope of, of financing. And it's just so much more detailed and so much more in depth than a lot of people realize, right? Because I can still continue talking about the commercial side, you know, for, for, for ages, right? We can separate it based on LTV and, and risk and, and, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, the subdivisions of, of each product. So it gets really fascinating um, because as an investor, it's kind of like a game of, you know, how, you know, game of chess of of how you put the pieces together and and how you, you know, cross the finish line uh, in the most effective way. So next on the next episode, though, we're actually going to be taking pretty much what we've learned so far, and really just kind of putting it together in like a financing blueprint. So literally just giving you like a roadmap of how do I know what financing goes with which type of real estate deal. So like, how do I know, like, if I have a rental deal that needs rehab, what do I do? If I have a a fix and flip, um, you know, what does that look like? Or, you know, what's the best option? Um, And then that, you know, then that understanding it, once you know that you, you really know how, how to put together the financing for, for the deal, you know, where to go to get the money you know you know what you're looking for is is probably the best way to put it and that's what we want to get to right so that's going to be uh what I like to call the financing blueprint and that's just going to make you much more familiar on when whenever you get a deal on your plate from a broker wholesaler etc you know how to place it and and kind of where it should go in in your mind right before you're even looking at the numbers of the deal you you have an idea of that execution, so that's going to be on the next episode. But um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, just residential, owner-occupied, conventional, non-QM portfolio, FHA, VA are all very, very well-known and 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 used um, loan products. Uh, but again, the caveat usually is has to be owner-occupied, especially with FHA and commercial. We had those different subsections um, and, and and different different tiers of of money, which we can dive into more detail later episode. But um, that about wraps it up for the different types of capital. So I will catch you guys next time with the financing blueprint.